Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Mr. Fryer, let's duck, duck, go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Thank you so much for spending part of your Friday with me. It looks like the weather is going to be better over the next seven days, which is great. I was uh, having a conversation with my work wife, Kenzie Kay, about that. We were talking about sunshine and the effect that it has on people. So hopefully there'll be a little bit more sun later on today and and throughout the week and melt some of that snow and all that good stuff. Want to tell you how all this started. Oh, if you're not on Twitch right now, you can watch the show on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chicago670thescore. Uh, I'll be inside of the Twitch chat if you guys want to continue to talk bulls or anything else that you want to throw at me that I, I deem that I'm going to respond to. Twitch.tv slash Chicago670thescore. I wanted to give you some background on what I'm going to play for you. Kevin Egan works for the WWE, okay? He's doing a great job. I smile every time I see him. On television, we used to work together over at 120 Sports. He was our soccer expert, and he still does soccer analysis for Atlanta United, and he's done stuff for Sirius XM soccer, like all of that stuff. I had, I did an interview with him for House of L. It'll come out in a few weeks on House of L, and it's a wide ranging interview. And Mitch and I kind of figured out this deal where if there's something that I think is good from House of L, I can bring it to the score and vice versa. And I think this is good. I don't get a chance to talk soccer a lot. I expect that we might talk a little bit more of it if things continue to go sideways with baseball, which is a point that I end up making in this part of the conversation with Kevin. But I just really like him, and he's a Chicago dude. Partly like he's you'll hear the the Irish accent. You'll hear his brogue when he talks, but he spent a lot of time in Chicago and he's a guy that I just enjoy talking to about soccer. So if you're a soccer enthusiast, this segment is for you. You don't have to be a soccer enthusiast to enjoy it, but if you still want to get off some thoughts on soccer or football or what's going on with baseball or the Bulls, 
twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 to score. I'll be in the chat while you're listening to something that's already been recorded, but you've never heard. So this is me talking soccer with my friend Kevin Egan. Check it out. The way that you talk about the game, and when we started working together, I was probably midway through my voyage of being someone that covered football, American football, to learning to love soccer. And now yeah. I'm there. You know, I joke with you all the time about my, my horrible feelings about Arsenal. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm now there when it comes to having a team, loving the game, appreciating the game. But for a long time, and it, there's still an uphill battle, I think, in America. It's, uh, it, it's getting better. Like, people are, are picking their EPL team. They're, they have their MLS team. They, they care about the national team. Well, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I jump in? Sure. I think that's part of the problem with the game that we love now. Like, to be honest with you, in this country, there is an issue with the fact that there's such great coverage of so many leagues. And that sounds ridiculous to say, but, but hear me out. NFL, 100% of the pie. NHL, MLB, NBA. You have 100% of the pie of the greatest property in the world. With soccer... All of a sudden, you've got, you know, a network like, say, NBC have the Premier League, right? The Premier League are probably competing for 30, 35, 40% of that pie, the entire pie. You've got the Champions League now on CBS competing for a big slice. Those do cross over now. Yesterday, NBC are on air with Premier League games. Like Liverpool are on yesterday, while the Champions League are on. And Chelsea, are, you know, are playing or, or Manchester United are playing yesterday against Atletico Madrid. That's a that's a problem for the game in a in a way. It's a good thing too. However, you have the tribalism for, for different leagues. You've got love for different leagues. You've got MLS fans who just will not cross over to anything else. You've got Premier League fans more so that will not cross over to support Major League Soccer. So the big issue here is that television generates a huge interest and, and it generates an awful lot of money for these leagues. And, and I just hope that the investment is there long-term from, let's say, for example, a CBS. Paramount Plus recently spent an awful lot of money to take on the Serie A rights. They're doing a phenomenal job of covering the Italian league. Phenomenal. They're sending their, their, their commentators over, often on trips. Uh, the, the, the studio coverage, they've got the likes of Christian Vieri and certain class former Italian national team guys on their coverage. Their, their studio presence is brilliant. I love the guys they have covering the league. And I love everything about it. However, my big fear is that in a couple of years' time, CBS executives are going to look at this and go, whoa, we're spending a lot of money on this, but what are our ratings like? And I, I don't know how much they're going to improve because while NFL has 100% of the pie and you've got your big game on a Monday night, for example, with soccer, you've got all these different leagues on at the same time, and they're all competing for that slice of the pie, and it's very tough. So is there a solution here in your mind? Know. Well, the solution would be the European Super League, which I hate. And that's the one thing that, you know, everybody came down on that. However, that would be the one thing that you'd say, okay, well, you'll have, you'll have all the top teams in the world in this one league and, and, and you know, one network's going to pay mega, mega, mega money for it and everybody's going to watch it. However, that takes away from what is so special about the beautiful game. And, and that is that, that parochial, that local element to, um, you know, teams around the world and, and what, that what they mean to that area and, and what, what it means to play against, for example, uh, Manchester United to, to travel 30 minutes down the road and play against a Burnley, a tiny little club, you know, that have stayed in the Premier League. It's a great story. Uh, Abar, a great story in La Liga for so long. You get the likes of, you know, teams like Siena, Salernitana, for example, in, in Serie A. So I, 
the soccer special for so many reasons. I just think in the US, that is the biggest challenge in my mind. Many people would give other challenges. I just, I just know that when there's so many leagues all competing at once and their games are on at the same time and they're all on different networks, they're each going to take away from each other. Therefore, the ratings will never, like when NBC released their ratings or Serie A released their ratings for on Paramount Plus, they're never going to be as high as what people will want. You know what's funny? I did a segment on my show today where I was talking about baseball. And I was talking about how baseball's in a lockout. They're probably not going to start on time as you and I are recording this. And I kept thinking, like, where, where are my sports eyes going to go if baseball's not here? Like, I'm someone who grew up, I love baseball. It's my favorite thing. It's probably the same. My feeling for baseball is your same as soccer. And I was sitting there, and soccer didn't cross my mind. Like, I know that where I am on Saturdays and Sunday mornings, I'm, I'm up at 6 o'clock watching what's going on in the Premier League. But I didn't think about, like, the MLS as being something that has an opportunity. They sh- I'm trying to figure out how can they take advantage if baseball doesn't start on time of, of really getting a couple of eyes put on them. It's tough because you're still competing against other big leagues. However, you'd hope that by winning you over, for example, you're the perfect guy that over time soccer has, has, has grown a place in your heart. Right. And it's won you over to a certain extent. So you'd hope that by flicking it on and you see maybe a Shakiri balling for Chicago that you'll go, yeah, you know what? I need to go out to soldier field and go catch a game soon. Like that's a fun team to watch the MLS. I'll say this. The games are often wild. The games are fun. I love major league soccer. I think major league soccer is a massive future. A part of that, is because of the financial security of the league that the owners backing it's unlike any other league in the world in that it's a single entity ownership like the nfl for example and with that comes security uh there's players not being paid in south america all over south america brazil is doing quite well financially with their league right now but in argentina guys want to leave the clubs guys want to leave big clubs and, and major league soccer is a destination so you're getting an awful lot of top class players that can come to to the US and make sure that they're in nice cities and they're being paid and there's a lot to be said for that and with that then it percolates through and the quality on the pitch is better MLS is also at a point where clubs are starting to really grow their identities you've got a club like Toronto for example that take on big big stars and they want bigger names so they're taking uh, Lorenzo Insigne who's a Italian national team player from Napoli to play for Toronto he's joining in the summer that's a massive signing one of the best signings in league history whereas Atlanta United where I'm based down here in Atlanta their model is to go after the bright young South American superstar someone who's going to be a big big name to try and get a guy like Tiago Almada, who was maybe the best player in the league over the past year or two from Argentina and bring him in. They spent $16 million on him and he may go and sign for an Arsenal or a Spurs or someone else in a couple of years time. And, and MLS is comfortable enough within its own skin right now to be that development league, if you like, for Europe for now until it continues to grow. And I think it will continue to grow, but it doesn't it doesn't take a year or two. It takes it takes a long, long time. So, and they'll still have that competition with the European leagues, which is always tough. So do you think that the international reputation of the MLS is going in the right direction? Oh, yeah, 100 percent. More and more people, the more people I speak with, I, I know myself, I started covering Major League Soccer, broadcasting it in 2012 was my first game with the Chicago Fire. And we did the game. The game was in Montreal. This will tell you everything about it. The match was in Montreal at the Olympic Stadium. We broadcasted the match from the NASCAR studios in Charlotte because it saved a book. That's where we were at then. Now I'm going to 
packed Mercedes-Benz Stadium with 70,000 people going to the games in Atlanta. The fan base in Atlanta is absolutely wild, just a raucous atmosphere at a phenomenal stadium. Charlotte are coming through now, and already the opening game, they'll have 75,000 people at the opening game at their NFL stadium that that they'll play the soccer at too. Um, It's not growing in markets like Chicago at the pace that it has in others. But part of that falls on the fire ownership over the past, you know, 15 years or so, because the fire got off to a great start and just let it dwindle. Um, It's getting there. It's going to take time. But I do believe in Major League Soccer long term. Let me take Atlanta out of it. Where's a place in America that you love to go to watch soccer? There's there's lots like go to Portland because Portland, you can you can have that experience of having a beer in town, walking with your friends to the stadium and the atmosphere is is up there amongst the very best in the whole league. Uh, they hosted MLS Cup, and the atmosphere was incredible. New York City went and won there in Portland on penalties. Um, but Portland's just a great experience. The Seattle fan base, same deal. That's CenturyLink Field. They, they, they can walk from town. And that's always something I like, because when the stadium's in the middle of nowhere, you, know, it's, you can have your tailgate and you can have all that, but when it's near town and you can have that experience of, of getting off a train and walking with your family or your friends to a game, that's, that's just special. So that you have that in Atlanta, Portland, Seattle, Austin's a cool vibe. Matthew McConaughey's the the owner there. And he's made sure that there's something special about Austin. Um, And there's lots of different, this is what I'm saying about identity. Like the the, the culture up in Minnesota is incredible right now. The songs that they sing and the stadium, there's been five soccer specific stadiums built in the last three or four years in major league soccer. Um, So I like the direction it's going. Yeah. It seems like Kansas city, like as a soccer city in America, has really grown into a thing. Yeah, up there, it's it's a bit off the beaten track, the stadium, though. In terms of stadium location, I, I, I do think it matters. And that's not the best, but the atmosphere and, and the, the playing surface there. Like, I, I don't like the AstroTurf. Atlanta has AstroTurf. Portland has AstroTurf. Give me natural grass for the aesthetics of watching a game. The game is far more enjoyable to watch, I think. Um, the ball skips off the surface in a different way, much better for the players when it's natural grass. Internationally, What's a place that, it, as travel kind of loosens up over the next, hopefully, over the next six months, internationally, what's a place that you would say, if you really want to experience soccer, go here? For me, in my experience, Barcelona. Barcelona. And I was very fortunate. I, I covered La Liga for years with being Sports, and I was sent several times to El Clasico, the media, Barcelona and Real Madrid. Uh, the best soccer rivalry in the world for me. I, I got to experience it at, it at its very best when you've got the Messi against Ronaldo, you've got Neymar against Karim Benzema, you know, and, and, and Andres Iniesta on the field, Luka Modric. And those battles that I got to witness hosting from the sideline were just exceptional. The other thing about it is there's the unique feeling of these gladiators walking out onto the field as the opera plays you know like we're used to with sports here in this country and over in ireland it's the exact same way like franz ferdinand playing and they're walking out you know this kind of pump up music over there you do have placido domingo and you've, you'd have opera singers as these players walk slowly out onto the pitch and there's such a sensational feel about that um it, it's it's not so much like a drinking culture at all you have your coffee beforehand and uh, you go enjoy a local breakfast and go watch a game. And it's just a real, true, authentic football feel. That was me and Kevin Egan. There's a lot more of that interview. It'll be on House of L, my podcast that I do. Because we didn't even get to the WWE part. And how Kevin found himself 
as the sideline reporter for WWE. So in a couple weeks, that whole episode will be out and you can hear it. I do a podcast. It's called House of L. I talk with people about their their lives in media and how they got to where they are. Some good episodes that are up there. You should check them out for sure. I'm glad that Kevin gave us a little bit of time uh, on the podcast and so that people could hear some soccer talk on the score. When we come back, more about the Bulls and Bulls ownership and what they're willing to do to try to make this team a championship club. That's next here on The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. It's time for the two-minute report. Two minutes. What? Not one, but two. Oh, say less. It's time for the two-minute report on the Lawrence Holmes Show. Can't wait. Near the rim, controlled by the Bulls. Throws it to the rack, and the right-handed power done. Oh, my goodness. That was nasty. Kobe off the screen from Thompson. Pick and roll. Thompson to the rack, and a two-handed slam dunk. Pick and roll, Tristan Thompson, welcome to the Bulls. Rebound down the floor, throws it to Green with a right-handed power dunk right in the mug of Kevin Herter. Timeout, Atlanta. To Boots, left quarter, aisle for three, Bulls aisle. That wasn't the prettiest play. The ball was knocked around on the floor, but Boots is able to get it to Io, and Io nails it. To go to Thompson on a post-up against DeLon Wright on an ISO. Spins, double on the ball with an up and under, and a two-handed slam. Tristan Thompson and this crowd on their feet. They love the big man. DeRozan against Bogdanovich. Steps back, 18-footer. Yes! Big-time shot for a big-time player. DeMar DeRozan. 108-107, Atlanta, DeRozan, foul line left, got it, got it, foul, DeMar DeRozan with the hoop, the harm, and one, DeMar DeRozan has 36, looking for more, and the Bulls lead 109-108 with 15 seconds left, comes up shooting, 21 footer left wing, no, ball game over, Bulls win, Bulls win, Bulls win, 21,000 people was on their feet tonight, 
when I hit this shot, you know. Um, but in the moment, I really don't think about it. I just try to, you know, concentrate as I can, get a bucket. You love it and you hate it, you know. Of course, you don't want to be down and have the pressure on yourself to try to pull out a game. But when you're in those moments, you got to, you know, you got to take it on. I love the moments. I love the challenge. I love the opportunity. You know, it's fun. It's fun to me. Smooth criminal. Smooth criminal, man. Um... Debo, man, is one hell of a player, man. He's playing lights out right now. And we enjoy seeing DeMar DeRozan do what he's doing. Highlights courtesy of the score. Chuck and Bill on the call as the Bulls win. They fight back after having a nice lead, but they fight back and beat Atlanta in this stretch of six games coming out of the All-Star break that are going to be difficult for the Bulls. Next up, Ja and Memphis. On Saturday, we will have the game here on the score. You heard me talking earlier about DeMar and his game. I, I just, I love how even as a scorer, as this team's kind of resident scorer, he's unselfish with the basketball. As strange as that sounds, it ends up being the truth. I brought up the Bulls Talk podcast earlier this week because he had the great interview with Io before the All-Star break. Well... Casey Johnson has done it again. This time, he got Michael Reinsdorf on record. And Michael doesn't do a lot of interviews. I've talked to him a couple times. He's actually, when the Bulls came to the score, he made it a point to kind of come here and meet everyone. And I thought he was very nice. I played basketball with him. He invited a bunch of media members to play full court. Obviously, he was getting the Obama treatment when we played. You know what I'm saying, Brandon? I know what you're talking about. You know how, you know, nice. Yeah, Obama's out here playing ball and thinking that he was crushing. But it's because, like, you the president, so I can't, like, foul you, foul you. Yeah, and other people setting screens for him. Yeah, you know, guys with guns and whatnot out here setting screens. The same thing with Michael Reinsdorf. Like, he invited us over to the Advocate Center, and, you know, he got some buckets. But it's like, what's Joe Cowley going to do? Joe Cowley going to foul you hard? Probably not. Oh, look at how the lane opened up for Michael Reinsdorf in this pickup game. Can Joe hoop? Joe's really good. He's really good. Like he's he's a maniac. Like he'll he does his man bun and he he plays for real. Like he's out here playing for keeps. I want to see the man bun now. Darnell's pretty good too. Uh in a game where it was just like us, it would have been but, like, Bill Winnington was playing and stuff. Like, I got I got screened by Bill. That wasn't fun at all. Was Bill on uh, Michael's team? Yeah, of course he was. Makes sense. Like, Sean Respert played in that game. Like, this, it's unfair. Like, that's not, that's not going to work. But Cowley, Cowley is an assassin, man. Like, he's a good player. Goff's a good player. Like, Goff's like a freight train. You, you can try and draw a charge if you want. No, thank you. KC actually, like, played play. Like, he played for real. Like, KC played against Ben Wilson. So, KC is, like, legit baller. I think he even played college ball. Shout out, too, to uh, Eugene from the Bigs. He can hoop. Oh, Eugene's good at everything. Eugene's good on the basketball court. And if you want to stand in the batter's box against Gene, good luck. Good luck. Is he the first black starting pitcher of Mount Carmel? I think that's right. I think that's the truth, that he was the first black starting pitcher there. 
Jack of all trades, man, Eugene. Yep. And and young Anthony Gill can play, but okay, so here's what happened. I'll tell the story before we hear from Michael Reinsdorf. So Michael invites us over. We play ball. We get a chance to talk to him. He gets to know us a little bit. I thought it was like a really good, like as far as like outreach goes to media, that's a good way to do it. Now, obviously not everyone owns a, the Advocate Center and could invite, like they literally like let us get dressed in the locker room. Like the whole nine yards is pretty great. I said to Tony at the time, he's now Anthony, hey man, this is one of those things where we're not going 100%, except for Callie, who's always going 100%. I said, do you really want to get hurt in this game? Like, just have fun, play, but just realize that Bill Winnington's out here, Sean Russ, like, you're not going to get signed. Like, Michael's not going to sign you from seeing you play in this pickup game. He was like prep talking himself like, "Yo, I'm about to go out here and drop 40." Tony was a, a a starting point guard on a like really good high school team. He was team captain. Like he's a good player. Also at the time, Tony was part-time at the score. So he didn't have insurance. That was the bigger issue. Like and what happened? He went 100% and tore up his knee. But we had a good time. Um, and it's, it's, it's nice when you get ownership to speak on the record about things. Now, it's great. The Bulls are 39-21. and 21. They, they have far exceeded expectations of everyone. The Bulls Talk podcast is terrific. The aforementioned Anthony Gill does a, a good job of sending out all of it and putting it together. Casey is obviously great. You know how I feel about Jay. And and shout out to Rob Schaefer, too, who does a tremendous job over there covering the Bulls and analyzing the NBA. This is a couple of minutes of Michael Reinsdorf talking about how the Bulls got to this point and what he's willing to get them to go farther. It wasn't a philosophical change from myself or, or my father, per se. Like, the way you know, John and, and Gar oversaw the basketball operations it was up to them to to hire everyone and, and the number of people they you know wanted in the front office and how many scouts how many uh you know who they wanted in player development and all that and, and i think that when our tourists came on board one of the things that we talked about was player development uh, i knew that player we were lacking in player development it was pretty obvious it was probably pretty obvious to you and we hired a ton of new people. So there's a lot of people in Bass uh, in player development side that are always working with the players. We added some scouts. We increased our basketball operations staff. We're not, we didn't go crazy. We're, you know, some teams have so many different, so many people and they overdo it. And there's just too many people. But we clearly have grown as an organization. And so you're right. Um, little things, you know, like the, the roster size and, um, what you said about the biannual and, and just overall staff. Um, that's stuff that we're doing now, but it's not anything that we wouldn't have been willing to do before. We just, you know, this is just an, our tourist and mark decision. And this is what, what they want to do. And, and it makes sense. So, you know, we're going to, we're, we're going to spend, spend the money because um, you, 
you have to invest in your team. You know, you have to invest in, and player development has changed so much over the years and it's so important. And, and I, I think a lot of the success of someone like IO is part of it is player development, working with him every day, getting him ready. So when, when, when injuries happen to, you know, to Lonzo and Alex and IO is able to step up. I mean, obviously IO success is, is because of IO himself, but it does help to have player development there to help him. So, um, we're not, we're again, we're not afraid to spend the money. So logical follow-up. Are, are you willing to pay the, the luxury tax to compete for a championship? Absolutely. I mean, all you have to do is go back and look at the last number of championship teams. How many of them were in the luxury tax? Like with the nature of the NBA and having a soft cap, if you want to compete for championships, uh, you have to be willing to spend into the tax. I think most people will tell you, I don't want to spend into the tax if we're not competing for championships, if we're not good enough. I don't want to be the, you know, the eighth, the eighth seed or, you know, out of the playoffs and, you know, going to the luxury tax. But when it comes to a team like this, and if we can take the necessary steps to, you know, next year that allows us to compete for a championship, then for sure we'll go into the tax. It's, it's, it's part of the nature of, of the NBA. Uh-huh. You know what's great about that? The lack of hesitation. Would you be willing to go into the luxury tax? Yes, absolutely. That's what you want to hear ownership say. You don't want to hear some kind of convoluted, get-around-the-question type answer. And he goes on to clarify, look, if we're talking about championship-level team, then yes, I'm going to spend, and it's okay to go into the luxury tax. I'm not going into the luxury tax for a team that's holding on to a spot in the play-in tournament. But I think as a Bulls fan, you should be encouraged by that being the approach. And it's, it's interesting because to be good at running a team from like the managing ownership level, you have to be both hands-on and hands-off. It's hands-on in saying something's wrong here. We need to change it. Then when you make your decision on who the change makers are, in this case, it's Acme, you bring them in and you say, now I get to be hands-off. The basketball operation is in good hands with Arturis Karnaschovas and with Mark Eversley. So I'm going to get out of their way. I'm going to allow them as the managing partner in the ownership to be the person to say, we need to expand our basketball operations department. We need to expand our player development department because you're lacking. What does that sound like to you? It should sound like what happened with the Cubs when Theo and Jed came here. The stories are hilarious. Back in, was it 2011? Cubs scouts didn't have smartphones. They were still literally writing out reports. So there wasn't great sharing that was going on between the folks that were in the front office and the folks that were on the road. They had the smallest baseball operation department, especially for a big market team. And then there was investment. There ended up being great success for the Cubs. 
there's a similarity in, oh, there are things that the Bulls need as an organization that weren't readily available. You hire the right people and they say, hey, this is what I need to get done. Since I'm doing cross sports analysis, my hope is that the Bears are in a place now where George can now be hands off until Ryan says, I need some money for this guy, and here's why, and here's my case. But if you're a Bulls fan, you should be encouraged by that. These numbers are interesting, too. It's so funny that this came out. I, I, while the we were playing the cut of Michael, I was watching Twitter, and Awful Announcing did a story on NBA ratings, television ratings. Here are the top five markets for local markets, like not the games that are on ESPN or TNT, but what the what the 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 local broadcast on television, usually cable, is doing. These are the top five. Golden State, Cleveland, Philly, Milwaukee, Chicago. The Bulls are up 83% in viewership from last year. That's what happens. Team gets good. People get interested. Mitch had come to me. So, I, you know, I do transition from the update studio. And he, he walked in. He's like, remember how we were looking at the numbers for the Bulls games when they first got to the Bulls? Because I was the nighttime host when the Bulls first got here. And, and it was funny that even though the Bulls were terrible, the numbers were really good. Like super, like higher than you would ever imagine. This is part of the reason this can be a bigger topic for later. It's part of the reason that sports is such a desirable programming choice in radio and television because even if it's just on, people tend to gravitate towards it. So when the Bulls got to the score, they had huge numbers, and then you know it tailed off because the team wasn't very good. And he showed me the numbers for this season, and they're out of this world. So please keep listening to Chuck and Bill here. You can get the radio call of the games right here on the score. But I'm not surprised. Like, this fan base has just been sitting here waiting. They've been sitting here like, man, I can't watch my team. It's been a half a decade when you felt like you couldn't watch your team. And now they're in first place in the Eastern Conference, and people kind of have come back in droves, which is good. And hopefully... What you're hearing Michael Reinsdorf say in his interview with the Bulls Talk podcast is true. And if there are improvements to be made that just need his okay from a money standpoint because he trusts the guys to do all the basketball stuff, then so be it. Back after this on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. I don't ordinarily like being the person who piles on to a situation, but maybe Fred Hoiberg can't coach. I remember thinking when he was here with the Bulls that they didn't have the right personnel to run the system that he wanted, and I wondered how big a deal that was in trying to figure out whether or not he could coach. And Well, since then, he's been in Nebraska for three years. And um, his record as the Nebraska head coach is 21 and 65. 
Would you be interested in knowing what his record inside the Big Ten is? Okay. Six and 47. So Nebraska decided that he should come back for year four of the Fred Hoiberg experience. And this is how crazy the money is in college athletics. They restructured Fred's deal. And the restructuring of the deal was that his buyout would go from $18.5 million to $11 million. The coach that's 21 and 65 and 6 and 47, if he has to go midway through next year, he's only going to walk away with 11 million more dollars and not 18 and a half million dollars. Forget about telling your kids to get into be a left-handed reliever. Or tell them to start coaching. Start getting coaching internships immediately. Because you can get paid forever in a day and have just your buyout reduced when you're 21 and 65 and 6 and 47 in the Big Ten. Wow. Talk with Parkinson Spiegel next here on The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.